Hello, everybody. Okay, so naturally we're in therapists, medically enlightened doctors and specialists here on the beats with Kelly Kennedy, not meds does not disappoint this week. This is new content, new information that not many people have in all honesty. Pillows are wrong. Did you know that? If you've been in my office in the last five or six months, you've heard me talk about this though, because when I met Dr. Peter Martoni and he educated me on the proper neutral um, position of how we should actually sleep, which is the same position Ian has argued with me for years that I should sleep, but you're never a prophet in your own town. So I finally heard it from Dr. Martoni and he is going to educate you today about his unique product, about all that he has um, figured out in his research and his own personal journey and and researching patterns. That's what he really does. He studied patterns and what he has found um, is absolutely incredible in the modern day lifestyle and how to reverse the problems that our modern day lifestyle creates for our structure, which disallows function. I'm telling you, this is one of the hottest topics that you're going to hear so much about in the next couple of years. Make sure to share this with your friends, please, because if they have any kind of back pain, ankle pain, body pain of any kind, sleeping issues, digestive issues, this can be a huge piece to the key of opening up their flow state. So Dr. Peter Martoni is our guest today. You're really going to enjoy this man. He is a full-fledged, full of energy, full of information, understands so much about structure, excuse me, and chiropractics, like nobody I've ever honestly met before in my life. And I really look forward to sharing Dr. Peter Martoni with all of you today from the neck nest. Enjoy. back to the beats with Kelly Kennedy. And I have been long awaited to share with you this particular guest and this particular, I don't know, it's not, it's a product and a technology. I'm going to call it both that he has created. A lot of you have heard me talk about Dr. Peter Martoni and the neck nest, and he has a wealthy resume full of crazy experience. Most of which is I would like to say both I and myself drove out to Dr. Martoni's office to get assessed by him and to have Silas assessed. And it was a very different approach to the structure. And he said one of the best things to me when I said, I want you to fix my back. He looked at me and he goes, I can't fix your back. Only you can fix your back. What are you going to do to fix your back? And so <laughs> um, I really love this man since the minute I met him. I know you're all going to love him. And so welcome so much. Thank you so much, Peter, for joining us today. First of all, thank you for having me. I love your energy. We connected right away. And, uh, you know, your guests are just super, super lucky to have you as their leader. And uh, just the passion you bring to this world is, is, is fantastic, especially uh, just the little time that we've known each other. It feels like I've known you my whole life. So it's been great. I agree. And so I've been using the neck nest because Dr. Martoni stood in front of a group of practitioners a few months ago and said all the things that Ian has said to me for years that he hates how I sleep because I tear the bed apart. I don't sleep like I'm in a coffin like Ian does. And then Dr. Martoni was standing in front of the room saying the same things. And I was like, okay, this guy, and he literally, can I just say this? He was like, pillows are wrong. 
<laughs> so I want to come on the premise that pillows, let's talk about pillows and what is a neck nest and where, where did this all come from for you? I think that's fantastic. So let's, I mean, be, before we get into maybe the neck nest, I, I, I love the history, just like you said, like, what is a pillow? A pillow is, by def definition is a support for your neck, I mean, for your head, right? So that's what, that's how a pillow is defined. So I would say now it was six years ago and I was in the emergency room. I had just herniated my disc um, and I had back pain my entire life as a chiropractor. I had been practicing for 15 years, helping people with back pain. And I myself had had back pain my entire life. And it wasn't until I was in the emergency room I was hooked up on all of this medication because I couldn't feel my leg. My leg was numb. I couldn't even move. I had involuntary spasms. And I remember thinking, I've had shoulder pain my whole life. I've had back pain my entire practice existence. I'm lying in the emergency room, hooked up on medication, which I'm not really a big fan of. And how did my life get to this? Like, there's got to be something there has to be something I'm doing. And a good friend of mine, Dr. Dane Donahue, always said, you cannot medicate yourself out of a problem you behaved yourself into. Mm. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and, and, and I love patterns. And I always knew that there was a pattern when I, when I was um, looking at x-rays. So I reviewed, after I got out of the emergency room, 2,000 x-rays. And I was a back sleeper, by the way. And I found that the problem wasn't in my lower back. The problem was in my neck because I was losing the cervical curve in my neck and my head came forward like we all do when we're, on when we're texting and we're on all this, 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 this computer work. In reactive to that, what I found is when you lose the cervical head posture, you pick up rotation in your lower back. And that rotation is caused by a reactive psoas major muscle spasm. We all hear about our psoas. And the psoas is the only muscle in the human body that attaches directly to a disc. So with the pure fact of your head translating forward due to being on a computer all day and due to sleeping with the pillow that supports your head like this, it caused my psoas to spasm. The psoas attaches to a disc. So I had lower back pain, not because it was a problem in my lower back, because it was reacting to a problem in my neck. And that is when I started thinking about, holy mackerel, we got to do different things. So I started jamming pillows and towels and sneakers, anything I could underneath my neck when I slept to reinforce that curve. And then from that point on, I've never had back pain again because my the, the spasm is out of my psoas and my hips are aligned. And I was getting adjusted every day, but your body follows where your head goes. And that is why I believe that pillows, you know, you know, we've evolved so long, you know, when, when in the 1500s, we started, we started by sleeping on blocks of wood then we started for these supports to our heads. And I believe we got it wrong. We need to go back to a more comfortable block for our neck. And that is how the neck nest was developed.
Well, that brings up so many points and beautifully, you know, illuminated in regards to the concept of tensegrity, right? The concept that there's compensation and we talk about it for, from a regulation perspective, maybe from the internal organs that the body's always trying to compensate and do its best job. But I want people to be aware that your physical body's doing the same thing. And what, what Dr. Martoni was speaking to is as we have these forward head motion that's happening, and then our body compensates by shortening our psoas muscles, which are the hip hikers in the front of your hips. For those that aren't body workers, you don't know what a psoas is. So they're the ones that in the front of your hips and they started to shorten, which cause the low back pain mm -hmm. it's and exactly it's, true, yeah. it's the concept of compensation that the body wasn't making a mistake it was trying to compensate for the postural um structure he was making what was that sentence don't medicate yourself out of a problem that you what that was a beautiful sentence that you behaved yourself into oh see because when people come into my office or they come in or they're standing in front of me and say all right stand in front of me tell me what's wrong with me because you know we can we can look at people and, and kind of get a sense based on their posture because um, you know their, their structure affects their function so structure equals function so you look at somebody and they're kind of sitting here like this and they're twisted or their heads forward i can i can tell right away the position that they sleep in you know and it, it's so funny because you look at things because you're right like you don't get fit by exercising that day you don't get healthy by eating that salad. You get healthy by your body's adaptation to the salad over, you know, eating a salad every day. You get healthy from your body adapting to the stress you put under it when you exercise. That's how you get fit. So when somebody comes into me and they're sitting here like this, their body has adapted to their sleeping position, sleeping on their side you know, with their heads all tilted up. And, and that ends up, the, this body structure molds, I guess you could say, it's like clay. It molds to the position that you put it in for eight hours a night. And, um, and that is why it is so important. If you want, if, if, if we want structural alignment, we want to be able to first stop by remolding our spine at night while we sleep. Well, and that was one of the biggest points you made because I just started working using a dental roll from a chiropractor, which was, I was instructed three to six minutes a day, use it. And you were like, yeah. And then eight hours a day, what are you, how you sleeping? You're on that laying on your back. But then when you sleep, I was right on my side. It's like, I have been sleeping on my back since I met Dr. Peter Martoni. <laughs> and it, it was a struggle in the beginning. It certainly was. Um, and I have, I've had to work through some physical body structure stuff unwinding, but the structure allows the function, as you said earlier. And, you know, from our heart to yours is what the beats is all about. And Peter hit me right in the heart when we were driving in the car and I watched him all weekend looking at people or hearing things and saying, oh, if they're doing that, then they must have these three behavioral issues. Like I said that about Silas, he corrected somebody that was self-correcting their neck, one of the chiropractor's sons. And he was like, yelled at him out of love for self-correcting, for, you know, adjusting himself. And he had a horrible injury just prior to that too, like a year prior. So we were all like, what are you doing self-adjusting yourself on a table full of chiropractors, mind you. And I said, oh man, I hate when my son self-adjusts his neck. 
he does it all the time in his low back. And he goes, oh, I bet he can't sit still when he does his homework. I bet it's hard for him to focus unless he's moving. And I think you said one other thing. I can't remember what it was now. And I was like, how the heck did you know that? You haven't even met my kid. How fast can my car get to your office to figure this out? And, and what I became aware of is that my patterns that I am so keen and seen in Silas, the person I have to fix is who? <laughs> you. <laughs> and, and why is that? I'm, you know, I mean, there's so many things we can talk about and I want to delve into all of them, but I, I find what you're doing so incredibly interesting because it's changing the way that, first of all, people don't think about how they sleep just in their sleep health. I'm doing an entire show with Dr. Um, Christine Schaffner in a few weeks about sleep health that they don't create an environment conducive to allowing their bodies to sleep. But positionally, I think people don't handle their beds. Can you talk about that a little bit? Is, is, it, is it just position? Is it angling the head up for the lymphatic, the lymphatic drainage? Like where do you incorporate all that with your neck best as well? Yeah, so what the first thing that is an issue is, is, is being able to, see, we are so we are such stressful beings, right? And we need to create a space that is safe for ourselves to be in. So we want to create this safe space. So when people sleep on their backs, they feel so exposed to the world. It's not a safe environment. That's why we all curl up in these little balls and we want to feel so protected. So then what happens is when you start sleeping on your back, there is a whole myriad of myriad of problems because our body has adapted, adapted to this posture our entire lives. So we have structural issues in our ribs. We have structural issues in our necks. We have stru structural issues in our lower backs that all have to get used to a change in sleeping position. That's number one. Number two is that when we sleep on our back, we're gonna feel exposed. So you need to create a, an environment, use weighted blankets or pressure on your chest or things over your head. You can elevate the bed also. I don't elevate the bed from lymphatic drainage reasons. See, here's one of the misconceptions about lymphatic drainage is that the study that was done that said that side sleeping is better than on your back was done based on a lymphatic um, drainage um, theory and everybody quotes it. But there is a it's something in research that's called the premise. So what is your premise when you're doing the study? What are you what variables are you looking at and which ones are you ignoring to be able to come up with the conclusions that you're coming up with? So my basis is that the structure of your spine is is Trump per se. It is everything where you need to have proper curves in, in your spine in order to have great lymphatic drainage, nervous system flow, all of that. So that's my premise. So when then somebody comes to me and says, no, but the research says that side sleeping's better, I have to look at it and say, yeah, but they're looking at something different than what I'm looking at. So when you're looking at it, in that study, there's, there's something that's called a significant statement. And that significant statement said this. Yes, there's a marginal there's there's a marginal improvement in lymphatic drainage when you're sleeping on your side. But this research is done on rats 
and we're extrapolating the same for humans. So we are making the, 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 the theory or the, or the conclusion that side sleeping is best for humans because it's best in rats due to glymphatic drainage. So I don't know if you know, but when you look at the rat spine, you have a, a really similar posture of a lot of our adults, a reverse cervical curve. When you look at the human spine, it has a arched or lordotic curve. It's completely opposite. So glymphatic drainage in the human body happens when you have proper cervical alignment, better than at night when you sleep because our bodies hydrate at night when, I sleep, or when we sleep. Every joint in your spine swells. That's how it gets nutrients. And, and that swelling happens because we are vertical, right? Because everything swells. It's a, it's a pressure thing. So it pulls nutrients into our joints. We're actually taller in the morning time than any other part of the day. And then we go to stand up and all of that fluid pushes out of our joints and our tissue. That's normal. So, so that happens regardless if you're on your side or on your back. I believe we were structurally built to sleep in the position where our weight is distributed over the greatest surface area, and that is on our backs in humans. So that, uh, maybe that's a long <laughs> answer to that question, but it, um, it, it, you know, there are so many variables that, that people try to confuse others in the best sleeping position. But when it comes down to it, it's all about structural alignment of the spine. In what position can you go to sleep in and wake up in without tossing and turning? The only position's on your back without doing damage. And it, when people have back problems, the first thing they recommend is chiropractors often sleep on your back on the floor to get proper, you know, like circulation or something. I'm not quite so sure. So you're not twisting. So twisted. yeah, you don't want to sleep. Twisted. So when you sleep on your side, a lot of times people are twisting, their legs are over, they're, 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 they're on their shoulder. In, in the pain centers in your brain, in the sleep centers are right next door to each other. It's a kind of a primitive thing. So if your body senses pain, it's going to move out of that position. So I always tell people is, is I'll say, oh, what position do you sleep? And they're like, oh, I sleep on my right side. I'm like, all right, this is great. How long do you sleep for? I sleep for eight hours a night. Okay. What I want you to do, lie in the position that you fall asleep in and try to watch a two-hour movie from that position. Can't. And they're like, no way. I'm gonna, I, I can't. I'm too uncomfortable. So you are starting the night off by tossing and turning because you're not starting with the end in mind. So you might start on one side, but after about 20 minutes on average, your body will go to the other side and you'll toss and turn all night long, keeping your body into a suboptimal sleep state because you're not able to get into a deep sleep because you're tossing and turning. And that's because of the instinct going, hey, I'm in pain, so move, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. So that would be why prior to the neck nest, um, you would wake up in the morning, Ian would wake up in the morning and be like, did you fight somebody last night while you were sleeping? Because the blankets are all over the place. I definitely moved all night long, tossed and turned. And that was because my body was uncomfortable. I always slept on my left side, could never sleep on my right, could never sleep on my back because of restless leg. Mm -hmm. And that it did. And it, I will say it took a little time. And we talked about this too. When I started to sleep, that vulnerability feeling 
it was almost like panic attack that I felt like I had to turn on my left side and I had to curl up and I had to grab a pillow and put it in front of me. And it did help when I put the weighted blanket on top of me after we spoke, I was like, okay, there's just a little bit of pressure there because it is a very vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting evolutionarily how we have developed ourselves. Most people that I know when I ask them these questions since I met you is I would say 85% of the people are better tell me they sleep on their side. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, it, it's very, absolutely true. And it's uh, because everybody tells them, you know, you're pregnant. What do you do? Sleep on your side, you know, um, you, you know, and then the, the, the research that, that looks at that position, you sleep on your side because one of the biggest things, and I hate to even say this, but as Americans more specifically, because I'm, I'm, I, I deal with a lot of people in this country, I deal with a lot of people internationally, but it's, they have, they're a little overweight. Earthy. So when you are overweight, you're going to have a bigger tendency for your airway to close down. And you're going to have a more difficult, uh, so sleeping on your back, it's going to be more difficult for you to be able to get proper airway, like air through your your, your nose, and you'll be more likely to have sleep apnea. So, and and then people would say, well, then I should just sleep on my side. No, you need to deal with the problems at hand. So one of the, you'll see all of these books, like called Breath and all these books, they focus on how to keep your mouth shut, how to keep your tongue sucked to the roof of your mouth to keep your mouth shut. And these are all things and techniques that when we sleep on our side, we lose because we don't have to manage our airway. Well, when, 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 you, when you're becoming a mouth breather and, and it, 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 it's not good for you overall, you really want to be a nose breather at night. So, so, so managing that airway becomes tough for people when they sleep on their back. And there are different techniques to do it. Use pillows up underneath your chin to keep your mouth closed. You can use tape. There are, there are dental devices that they use. So there are different ways that, that people do this, but it really is important to look at all variables. And just because you try to sleep on your back, you've tried it once or twice and it didn't work, there, there, it, it, we have to look at different techniques to be able to help you and we have to go at a pace that the body's ready to go because i know for myself he said use the neck nest a couple hours a night to train your body i said okay then i'm gonna sleep on my back eight hours a night and about three hours in three weeks into it i called him and was like I'm in so much pain. I don't even know what to tell you. Like my hips are killing me. My, my chest is killing me, like everything. And he was like, okay, like too much. And it was like, I wasn't giving my body the opportunity to transition back. You know, it took years to go in one direction and I have to transition back. And I think my suggestion to everybody would be have patience with yourself with this. It's a retrainment that we have never heard. I mean, I don't know anybody else that's speaking this information other than you. And I think it's brilliant. I want everybody on the planet to hear this information because I have complained and traveled around the world for 20 years with a stuffed animal because I don't like any pillows. Mm-hmm. Now I travel with your neck nest, which I had to buy a new suitcase. So it fits in my suitcase. <laughs> so everywhere I go, I have my neck nest, but it's, I mean, the state of flow that we are so, you know, focused on in the work that I do, I don't see how you cannot not, that's a double negative. 
how people wanting to create a flow state aren't going to also going to learn how to sleep on their back because they are, it's the same thing. It helps the more they learn how to sleep on the back, the structure will allow the flow, correct? So let's, let's look at um, like that. So you, you're trying to create a state. So the way to me, I, I look at health this way, like let's say you, it, it's your financial health you're looking at and you look at any uh, you know, millionaires or billionaires and you say, okay, you have a goal. You want to create wealth, whether it's a billion dollars and you interview these guys. They have very specific lifestyle habits they do. They wake up, they goal set, they have gratitude journals, they, whatever it is, they've, they've, if you look at them and then, I mean, there are books that are written to become, you know, have a state of wealth, you need to have these specific lifestyle habits. So now let's reverse that to create a state of flow, to create a, a, a back pain, a, a pain-free existence we know that the structure needs to look like this. We know that our body works better with the with 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 a more aligned spine. We we know that the 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 uh, more aligned spine is we want to establish these curves. So now we have to back in habits that get us there. And one of the major habits that we've identified is eight hours a night while you sleep, you can restructure your spine, and you got to do it very specifically sleeping on your back, because if you sleep on your back, you're going to create an arch in your lower back. Just from the fact of sleeping, your back goes into extension. Now that is painful for some people because they don't have an arch in their back. So, so you wake up and you have back pain and you have hip pain. You got to just, you, you got to ease your way into it. Like we told you. So for one to two hours a night, the habit is to fall asleep on your back with a neck nest underneath your neck. That's it. In the middle of the night, if you just throw it on the floor or roll on your side, whatever you want to do, but just do it to one, just do it one to two hours a night. Because we know if you do that for the first month, maybe the second month is two to three hours a night, then it's three to four hours a night. Now with, with, with a consistent sleep schedule, by sleeping on your back in a consistent schedule every single night, day in, day out, your whole entire spine is going to restructure. You're retraining it. I know a lot of our listeners go to the chiropractor two, three times a week. And I have always felt, and Ian does too, that people overtreat their spines, that they become too flexible in their spines. And so that if a person's sitting at home listening to this and they've been going to the chiropractor for years and they're like, okay, this is this is new information. I don't sleep on my back. I sleep on my side. I'm seeing my chiropractor. I'm in pain. Do they start just with the neck nest one to two hours a night, continue to see the chiropractor or should they, because they're re, my concern is that if they're reassessing and then they're constantly readjusting, like, it's a lot there. What is your suggestion? So the chiropractic care is like this. Let's say your spine is hardened clay. Chiropractic care is like being able to take your clay and put it in water. It makes the spine more moldable. Flexibility is actually good. Um, so by get, getting adjusted, if they've been adjusted regularly, the neck nest is going to work that much faster. Okay. Now I can't speak to each individual treatment plan that an individual is on. Sure. Um, I just know biomechanics 
And, and when you're getting adjusted the, the, based on the techniques or different things like that, if the adjustments are, are in, in the way where they're in the, the direction of the joint plane lines and you're getting a really good adjustment and, and the doctor is very specific, you could be adjusted once a week forever. I, I've been getting adjusted for once a week for a long time. It would only help you. Um, now, if you're going to add something new in, it's, let's say you just started chiropractic care yesterday and you want a neck nest. You want to do the chiropractic care for a good four, five, six weeks, then start something new. Or if you've been doing chiropractic care for a long period of time, then you add in a neck nest, then you can kind of work with the chiropractor and say, I'm going to start changing because your patterns will start to change. So make your practitioner, your chiropractor aware of what you're doing if you add this in, because sleeping on your back and changing your sleeping position will definitely change the way that your spine needs to be adjusted. And it will change your flow as evidenced by what I've done. So it's going to help your drainage. It's going to help your ability to detoxify because your drainage is going to be better. It's going to help your overall wellness and sleep is as far as I know, it's the only time the body's really healing is when we're sleeping, when we're in deep parasympathetic states and the difference of my sleep between that and Somnium, which is this new GABA product I've been using. It's like a whole different experience. I dream, I, I, even the first night I used NECNEST, I remember I had all these dreams. I was like, I don't remember the last time I had a dream because it was so deep, but just be patient again with yourself and go at your pace, use your practitioner's advice. Don't just throw your chiropractor out the window, but do allow them to know whatever DO or osteopathic or body worker that you're working with of any kind, fascia worker, craniosacral therapist, let them know that you're working on this so that they can be privy to it. I just started seeing a myofascial therapist down in South Carolina, and she is privy to me doing this so that we're not over adjusting the fascia, overworking the fascia because of all the work that I'm doing with that. So- Absolutely. I agree. And, and with your practice and what have you seen and how's this changed? So you've been in practice for 20 years ish, 15, 20 years, 21, 21 years. <laughs> so you developed this six years ago only, which is just a minute. It feels like probably, yeah. um, how did it change your practice? Well, so we, you know, I'm a big, um, I love taking x-rays. I love analyzing data to see what our outcomes are, right? So I like to tell yes, you are, might be feeling better, but I want to see, are you functioning better? So I have a lot of technology that I'll run before and I'll run after. And really where we've seen the greatest benefits of when we're taking up our, our re-X-rays, when we're taking our X-rays now uh, with, a, with a neck nest implemented, you're starting to get a much quicker change in the cervical curve. And now that we've had the neck nest out for, you know, many years now, uh, three years, we have a lot of um, x-rays that from people where we do a follow-up x-ray like a year later. So a lot of times when we would adjust somebody, yes, while we're adjusting them, the curve was getting better. When we stopped adjusting them, and let's say we went down to like a, a wellness visit of a once a month or once every three weeks and they weren't getting adjusted as much. And we did that follow-up one year x-ray. A lot of times the curves were, the spaces would remain open, but the curves would go back to the original curve. Now with the neck nest and we're remolding the spine at night, they're, they're actually able to hold their adjustments longer. 
and they're able to go longer periods of time in between the adjustments with much less issues. And that makes complete logical sense and what I would expect it, but I just wanted people to hear that, that because you're doing more self-care at home, because your habits are changing, as he spoke to earlier, you're changing your habits. You don't need as much inner influence or interference from others to get your body to go into alignment and balance because you're holding it, training it at night. And I'm so aware of my posture as I'm talking to him. It's like hard for me to even talk to him. I feel like I should put my head down or back here or something. Well, we but talked about it. I'm, I'm in a state, I'm actually leaning on my, on my, see, I want to adjust my, my thing, lift it up a little, move it a little, move this back. <laughs> there we go. Good. Now I, I'm, I just like, see, now it's a little clearer. Yeah. Standing. I feel better. I'm looking up at the screen versus looking down. Right. And, and that goes to not only do we sleep for eight hours a day, but how are we sitting versus standing versus how are we reinforcing these habits throughout our day? I mean, I'm constantly correcting our son, probably too much, but you know, he's got his darn cell phone in front of him and he's like this. And I'm always like, babe, hold it up. Just hold it up. <laughs> we call that the modern day lifestyle. And the neck nest was designed to reverse the damaging effect of the modern day lifestyle. And, um, you know, when you, when you're looking at, uh, the position that uh, like when I, I remember I broke my arm, uh, my collarbone and a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Mercola, he, I called him up. I'm like, Joe, is there any technology out there? I, I got to get back into the practice because I got a broken collarbone. It's in half. And they told me that they didn't want to screw it or pin it back together. He's like, well, I'll send you this little bone healer thing. You take these two little magnets, they go on top of each other, they're hooked into this little device and you put it on top of yourself and then you sleep with it like that. He's like, you're gonna have to tape it to yourself because it will fall off when you move. I'm like, Joe, I don't move at night. I don't, I don't, I don't have to tape it to myself. He's like, what do you mean? And that's, so I would fall asleep. I'd take these two little, these two little round things. I put them on top of my shoulder and I'd fall asleep. And I'd wake up seven hours later, or eight hours later, and they were still in the same place without taping them. I don't toss and turn. I don't move at night. And the only way I can do that is to put myself in a neutral sleeping position. And the neutral sleeping position is like this. Some, some of you might be seeing this on Zoom or on audio. I'm not sure, but I'll try to explain. Neutral sleeping position is when you lie on your back, picture it like a coffin, <laughs> unfortunately. You take a, a pillow or a neck nest, put something underneath your neck, arms, feet down by your side, and arms right down either on your lap or down on the bed. And you could lie in this position, looking up at the ceiling for eight hours a night without moving because your body is aligned. And, and that was really where the epiphany was, is that if you can stay in that position and lie in that position, you'll corkscrew out or you'll reverse the damaging effect of the modern day lifestyle, being on that dang phone and that computer all day long. And the fuzz, the fascia tensions and adhesions that all that creates and sleeping on your side. I know that for me, in hindsight, I realized that it was the lack of low back curvature that was causing my restless, what felt like restless leg syndrome, because that was where I felt the struggle when I first used the neck nest was in my psoas, was in my hips. Mm -hmm. And it was, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what happened to it. Went away. So wait, let me ask you a question, Kelly. So how long did it take you 
to be able to now how long are you sleeping on on your back now and how long are you able to stay are you able to stay on your back now all night or do you have to still turn to your side um i would say two out of seven nights i'm on my back the whole night okay and how much other, pain are you in in those nights yeah not so much pain in the nights when i wake up in the morning yeah. i feel it more in like my 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 mid thoracics just because it's i don't know maybe it's opened up as well as here it, mm -hmm. i feel a lot of shifting here um and the other five nights I would say I'm probably on it for the first hour to two hours. And then I wake up with it either on the floor or in front of my belly. All right. And then we had talked on the, uh, you know, right at the beginning of the recording about the other aspect of alignment. And it's more about neurological patterns, right? So there's something that's called phantom pain. When you cut your arm off, let's say some people still feel pain in their hands. That's a neurological pattern that's set up. So when we sleep on our side, we are creating this state of imbalance. So whether our head comes forward, whether we lean over to one side, but if I, I just had a patient that came into me and this happens all the time. And he's like, I have Achilles problems. I have heel problems. And, and right when I hear that, I know that I'm going to see somebody that is severely imbalanced. So I put them on two weights which means there's two scales on the ground, the two uh, scales in uh, on the ground, one for one foot, one for the other foot. And when you stand, if you're 100 pounds, you should put 50 pounds on one side and 50 pounds on the other. That is you standing in alignment. He was standing 40 pounds off to one side. So think about this. He was 70 pounds on one side and 110 pounds on the other side. Wow. So he was leaning off to one side. No wonder why the last movable segment in the body are the heels. So you don't have a Achilles issue. You don't have plantar fasciitis. You have an issue with balance and you have it, it but you can get away with, you're not going to fall over because your muscle tension pattern is going to hold you here, but eventually you'll end up with tendonitis and bone spurs down in your heels. So I put him on that and I said, you don't have a heel issue. You have a brain issue. You're, you're, you're over. And then I put him on a bilateral. I put him on a, a wobble board. And I said, all right. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, try to balance on this. So he got on the wobble board and he almost fell over. And he, so he can't functionally find balance because of the imbalance that he's been, that he's had his entire life. So we need to now start in, in backtrack habits. It's gonna be sleeping position. It's gonna be muscle work to break up the fascia. It's also going to be maintaining balance on a wobble board. Those, that wobble board is significantly important in being able to maintain. It's a significantly challenging experience for me, the wobble board was. And you made me first aware that I couldn't stand on one foot with my eyes closed and feel balanced when we were together. And then you made me very aware in your office that the wobble board was a complete challenge to me. And I've been working through it. And it's really interesting. The first time I leaned way forward and almost fell back. You were like making sure I didn't fall. And now I can stand on it. And I don't like look like I'm wobbling, except at my ankles and my feet. 
and what I think you're leading me to is that's neurological training that I created for all those years laying on my side that my body is uncomfortable not laying on that side neurologically. So it's trying to like go back to that old habit, that old pattern. It does. Yeah. Your body loves old patterns. So, so that's why, you know, you, you use different techniques. So we, if we want better alignment, we now backtrack in, we sleep in one way. We start using a wobble board. We start adding weight to our chest. You're doing it two days a night, a week. Maybe then it's going to be three days a week. And then you work on psoas major, you know, trigger points right on your own to kind of break up those adhesions there. And you see a chiropractor, you drink more water, you use Flopresso, right? Get the lymph draining better. And it's all about, you know, when you have these structural, you know, limitations, with like, for instance, if I'm watering a garden and then I step on the garden hose, that pressure on the hose is a structural limitation to the health of the garden because of that's affecting the nerve flow. Similar in the spine, similar in the lymph system. When you have fascia adhesions, when you have structural misalignments that are caused from, from imbalance in the musculature due to nerve irritations, the muscle's not the problem, the nerve's the problem. You need to you, you know, re unwind these things and you stop by retraining the brain, you stop by changing your sleeping position, you stop by functional muscle work, all that type of stuff. And I would guess that a lot of breath work, you mentioned the breath book earlier, and I've been doing a lot of nostril breathing through the process at the same time I've been working with you. And I, because I became very aware that I always turn my head to the side. I became very aware that when I stood, I turned to my side. I became very aware. And I knew already that I snored. I had the dental appliance. It helped tremendously, but I still knew I had that forward head motion thing. And I have been forcing myself to breathe through my nose more. And I think that's also contributing to me being able to lay on my back because I don't have as much apneic. I'm not sympathetically feeling like I'm being strangled so that I feel like I have to turn to my side to, to survive. I'm able to lay on my back and feel relaxation, which you can't do on flow prezzo if your head's in the wrong position, which is why we're going to start incorporating neck nests all flow prezzos. But yeah, when they're, they're back in stock, they'll be back in stock by the time that this comes by out. By the time this comes out, we're not letting this go out until they're back in stock. Oh. <laughs> it's a good positive problem you've created amazing um i don't know what it's not it's more than a technology it's a concept that you've put into a product which helps people to retrain their bodies and i think one of the things we haven't talked about that i'm going to end here with is that what we've talked about the physical body today a lot and one of the things we're keen to in our practice is that we work on the physical the emotional and the vibrational and if you don't have flow, if there's stagnicity, if there's lack of range of motion, the physical body, then you're not going to get vibrations and airflow to that. And you're not going to create flow. You're one of the most um, connected people that I've ever met in my life to your heart. And I would like to, you to just speak to what you feel beyond what you've shared with us today, because I do believe this is a huge secret to people's health. Is there any other secret that you would share in regards to your life or health or whatever, that if you had a microphone, the whole world could hear, what would you want them to know is the key to their wellness, to their life and their vitality? Well, you know, 
That's a great, great question. And it really goes back to that quote. And I think that quote was brilliantly said is that you cannot medicate yourself out of a problem that you behaved yourself into. We are a product of our daily rituals. What we do on a daily basis defines our health and well-being. And what defines our health and well-being is our belief systems. So what we believe dictate our actions and our actions dictate our health. Well, it's the people around you that define your beliefs. So if you wanna look at, if you're not happy with the, your health, right? We need to now look at the people's health around us because our health is the average of the six or seven people that we surround ourselves with. And you start to look at it and say, holy mackerel, if, if I wanna be healthier, it's not just that we change our habits, it's that we change our minds. And we need to start looking at different resources like Kelly Kennedy, like, you know, Dave Asprey's and, and Greenfield's and Pompas and all of these, these people that are doing different things that have the outcome you want, right? The outcome is health and well-being and vitality. You then have to backtrack in the lifestyle habits and change your beliefs. So when you, when you talk about being tied in to a, 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 a habit, like what is one way I can determine, because everybody wants more energy. What's one way, one simple way we can determine how much sleep we need, how healthy we're living, how rested we are. To me, it's monitoring your heart rate variability mm. and looking at your heart. There are monitors that do it. There are rings that do it. And then your heart rate and the way that your heart is beating is critical in knowing your state. So without anything, you can hook yourself up to a monitor and then you can see if you're in a fatigue state, if you're drained, if you're run down. And then, you know, with the work that you do, you can say, what state do you want to get into? And then you have techniques to be able to change the way the heart beats to achieve that. What I'm saying is just monitor where you are you are right now using heart rate variability or HRV, get an understanding of that, and then link in to people that can lead you in how to improve that. So I would say the best technology out there for people to really get a sense of moving their health and well-being forward is looking at the heart and the heart rate variability. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for that. We, we teach classes on heart rate variability, and I think that we've always said, get the the data, but then use the data to make lifestyle habitual changes. Don't take data for the sake of taking data, take data for the sake of making changes and behavioral changes for different outcomes. Mm -hmm. So that's beautiful. Well, we know how busy you are and we, because you got to get those neck nests out to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. And if people want to find you, they can go to necknest.com. I, I got to tell them the name of your practice, though, because everybody that knows me knows how much I love Atlantis. Yeah. And when we met and he got in front of the room and started speaking, I was like, what? Did he just say the name of his practice is Atlantis? Yeah, Atlantis is Island of Atlas, literally translated. Atlas in the body, the top bone in the human body is called your atlas in represented atlas holding up the world atlas 
which is the top bone, holds up your brain representative of holding up the world. So Atlantis, to me, is a place, a hidden place where you find hidden truths. And in and, and Atlantis, we stand for those three things. You're a product of your daily rituals. Your da daily rituals define your health and well-being. And you are your health is an average of the, the people you surround yourself with. We happen to live in the United States of America. We are 50th on the 50 healthiest countries in the world based on life expectancy. So if you're not, if you're listening to everybody else around you for information, you're going to get nowhere. That is why we listen to different people. And, and when you come to Atlantis, you dip yourself into a place where we where we think differently. So that is one of another reason. You show me that ring that you had on, and I'm like, oh my God, here we go. I know awesome. it's really good. Well, I really know this resonates with a lot of people and please share this content with people, get them to start to understand the difference between a pillow, which is just wrong, and a neck nest, which is the proper way to go into that neutral sleeping position and, and really start to help educate people about this. I'm telling you, this is new information. He's been out there on all the great shows with Mercola and so many others really pushing this information out there, but anything we can do to get this information out there, we thank you. We really, really appreciate all that you all do to listen to this and to make sure that you know how the body works, but you teach other people how the body works too, because we can prevent a lot of issues by teaching people how to do this and training and having the proper lifestyle changes so that we can find that wellness within and we can encourage our own physician to do the healing that it does. Go ahead. What were yeah, gonna and, say? and then they can use the, the code Kelly Limp oh. Queen. Uh, for, yes. We'll come up with something very special for them. Okay. Thank and uh, so I just wanted to add that. And thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we love you so much. And from our heart to yours here on the beats, enjoy this. I hope you all enjoyed. I know you did this episode with Dr. Peter Martoni and go get your neck nest. Mm -hmm.